dear listeners, in this second part of our interview with Hawa Noah, uh, we're going to talk about self-esteem. This is a very, very important topic, and uh, I'm sure you'll gain so much from listening to this conversation. So, Hawa, <laughs> it's a difficult topic for me, so it I is. I will just bounce it right back to you. We will both be in tears by by the end of this because it's a very, very difficult topic for me too. I feel very, very exposed, but not in a negative way. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just honored to have the opportunity to explore this topic on the podcast with someone I know well, because I think um, these are feelings we, we, we tend to hide or share with only a few people, but, um, yeah, we hope that people will take something out of it. Yes. Ah, self-esteem, because we talked about this a little bit and um, how we used to think we had high self-esteem. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that deserves a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that just shows how much I had no clue of the person I was, you know. Yeah, like no clue. And also it comes from outside, like you would achieve certain things and then that people had a hard time achieving, let's let's be fair. And uh, people would be like, oh yeah, wow, you're so strong. You did that, you did this. And then even we knew how, because sometimes when you have trauma, you know how to act in public, that you become a, kind of like a perfect artist at hiding who you are and knowing how to show up in public and how to, and most of the time, the way I showed up, um, people thought I was confident. Mm. Me too. So how was it for you? Interesting, because I think when people did, who knew me well, would point out, you know, you need to believe in yourself more or, um, you know, you're so amazing. Why don't you see it? I would get very angry and, you know, I'm, I say would as if it's in the past. I'm still working through it because um, I'm like, don't tell me that. Like, it's not it's not a conversation that I want to have. It's not something that makes me feel better. Um, but they're seeing something that's true, right? And I think up until probably undergrad again, I really held on to this belief that I was super confident because other people would often tell me, you know, you're so confident. You speak so well in front of groups. You make friends so easily. You kind of go after what you want you kind of just do do the things you want and they kind of happen for you kind of thing and I believed it you know I was like yeah that's me you know I'm confident I don't know if I would go as far as saying I would think I think I'm great because I didn't think that but I, I didn't think I had issues with self-esteem I didn't connect certain quirks of mine or certain reactions for lack of a better word to the reality of the fact that of my insecurity, mm. yeah, in myself. Um, those two things never connected for me. So my confidence was one thing, and then all of the things that you know were kind of under the surface, to me, those had nothing to do with my self-esteem or insecurity. Yeah, they were two different things in my mind. So that's kind of how I lived for a long time. It's undergrad, near the end of it is when um, I think my confidence started to wear down, but I still didn't connect all of these things that had been happening my whole life to my insecurity. Um, probably until like the last, when I started therapy, I would say. And my therapist was like, you know, maybe we should talk about your self-esteem. And I was like, you bitch. 
sorry for my language. <laughs> but she was absolutely right. You know, she was absolutely correct. So. Oh, wow. What you just said about confidence and uh, like having certain reactions and not connecting uh, both. It's true. It's so true that at the same time, like, like you were saying, um, setting goals and achieving them, you know, I want to go do this. You would do it. I want, I would, I always did all those things. And then, so people were like, yeah, wow, you're such a go-getter. You know, it means you believe in yourself. So you know what you want for yourself. And, and I was like, oh yeah, that, that's what it must mean. <laughs> Even though it didn't feel like that at all. Like I didn't believe it was more a means of proving to myself I was worthy, you know. Um, but I was ashamed to show people that I was not confident. I was I, I lacked self-esteem and uh I didn't even yeah, there was totally a disconnect in my mind. And the more people cheered me, the more I was like, Yeah, yeah, no, I'm that person. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm worthy, I'm this, I'm, I'm beautiful, I'm, you know. Uh, but it was more from the outside. It was not out of myself. It was I didn't believe that one second when I was in my room, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like more people toasting me, like, you know, hyping me up. And then many people hyping teachers, uh, my mom and this. So, okay, yeah, it must it must mean I am that, you know. But um, I remember when I was like 14, 15, I, just, I would just sit in my living room and tell my mom, um, I will never marry. Uh, we will never have kids. I was like 15 years old. My mom was like, oh, my God. <laughs> What's this child? <laughs> Who is this? And uh, to be fair, like, I had spent, like, more than 10 years away from my mom. And we were just reunited. And it was a very difficult time. But, like, why, as a 15-year-old, I already had that belief, like a set very negative core belief in myself about about me how no one could love me no one i would say having a family being married that was for other people i think it would have been so much better if i had self-esteem like the things i did the choices i would have made i wouldn't have tried to do things um to look good there are many things i was doing because it was impressive not because I wanted, because I didn't know what I wanted anyways. I didn't know myself. <laughs> I didn't know anything about myself. So if I was with you in university, I decided to study international relations. Hey, I'm studying international relations too. Mm. That was how I did it. Mm-hmm. Did you like, with like the things that you were achieving or, you know, doing well in, did you see them that way? Because I know I didn't. I know I always made up excuses and reasons for why they must have happened. You know, it could never be because of me, you know, because I was capable. And while, of course, there are many factors that come into play for all of these like worldly successes, it's not it's not ever going to be just you. You play a big part of it. But did you ever, did you think that? Because I know I didn't. So maybe I'm projecting, but. No, at all. Like, I remember in high school, this girl, you know, my friend Caroline, uh, a white girl in Switzerland. I think we had a test and then they were, the teacher was giving back our test so we were going to know the results. I was freaking out that I failed. And then as soon as I had my paper, I had passed, I had I had a good grade. I said, ah, oh, okay, that's done. Let's start, let's start 
Oh my, she called me out. She's like, Miriam, I've noticed this. You do this all the time. You don't appreciate anything you do. She was so upset. I, I, I will never forget her. That was like more than 20 years ago. She was like, you do this all the time. You don't appreciate anything you do. Two minutes ago, you were almost crying that you failed. And then now you're like, let's start preparing the next test. That, that sounds like every single experience I've had in school with grades, to be honest with you. Yeah, every single one. Um, almost exact experience. I wrote my first ever paper in university in first year uh, for like this Canadian history class. It was kind of like a propaganda filled class in any case. Um, so I wrote this paper about like Louis the 14th or the 13th or whatever and his motives for who knows what. I wrote it like in, I think in like two nights. I didn't know how to write a university paper. I didn't know how to build an argument. I was really just winging it. And then um, I was certain that I failed. And then in class, the teacher was like, uh, many people failed. Most people didn't do well. And only, I think, one person got an A or two people got an A or something. And then I was like, oh, well, no, that's it. It's, you know, it's, it's coming. You know, I have to get ready for uh, this failure, you know, and I got the paper. And I got an A. And I remembered this because I did feel I was elated. I was like, oh, my God, <gasps> I got an A. And then later on, I was like, but this is not a good paper. You know, I, I was like convincing myself that what I wrote was not a good paper. And looking back on it, maybe this is me needing to extend a little bit more tenderness to myself. What I was saying was a whole bunch of nonsense. It really was. But what was true and what my teacher was looking for was build a convincing argument you know so even though I didn't believe my argument I didn't like the class I didn't believe what I was saying you know I was a strong writer I was a strong clearly uh researcher I built a strong argument but I I didn't see any of those things all I saw was what I perceived to be like a stupid paper that's all I saw that is all I saw you know so that, that story really, really like, yeah, that defined my entire, I really honed in on the one thing I didn't like, even though it might be true. Like there's so much else. Yeah. You there's know? 95%. Yeah. There's like so much else that like you did well, but you, you're always like, oh no, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. Like if anybody, any historian read this, they would say it's not true. Yes, absolutely. If a historian read it, they would say it's not true. But if somebody who wrote um, arguments read it, they would say you you built a strong argument, right? So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you like? Do you remember any times where you took in your success and you're like, oh, I did well. Like I'm so happy, and uh, you know, and they left it at that and not start what we. You know, you had me in the first half when you said and left it at that. I don't know. <laughs> I there have been times when I've taken in my success when I was uh, in Lamo for an extended period of time, and I remember just sitting outside of my cousin's office or sitting by the beach, and there was so much, you know, hardship. There was so much going wrong. Well, what I felt like was going wrong in my life at the time, but I was I sat there and I was like, wow, like. I like it here, you know, because usually when I perceive 
things to be going wrong. And then on top of it, it's like, and then I hate where I'm where I'm at. You know, I hate the city, but that's always one of the things. But I was sitting there like, wow, like you're here, you know? Uh, and then of course, everything else kind of took over. So that second part of your question just out the window. But um, in that fleeting moment, is that how people feel when they feel proud of themselves? Like, is that is that like a consistent thing that people feel, you know? I don't so. know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. How does it show up in in dating and relationships? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they show up similarly, right? So I think a lot of trust issues. It really, really takes, which is really not fair to the people in my life. It takes a lot for me to believe that people actually like me or want well for me. Not well, yeah, or um, enjoy being around me. It really, really takes a lot for me to believe that. Um, wow, it's even difficult talking about it, which is crazy, but it takes a lot. And I think friendships, um, I've been very, very lucky because my friends have had a lot of patience with me and have been very reassuring. And a lot of my friends have, I think seeing that like quality in me and have really gone above and beyond to really like be like, no, you know, um, I love to see, you know, I love spending time with you, all of those things. In dating, I think it's less easy because on top of like insecurities and self-esteem issues, um, there's also the issue of like trusting men, which is a whole other topic. Like that's a whole other conversation for another day. So those two things compounded, um, make it very, very difficult for me to believe that potential partners are interested in me. It makes it, I will just not believe it. You know, you could wave a red, you could tell me and I would still kind of be like, okay, but like what's really going on here? Like what is it that you actually want from me? You know, like, and in most cases, like 95% of the time, I don't even allow people to feel like they can tell me, you know? And I, I don't think it's conscious. I think it's a very, we were talking about it the other day. And I think the way that I put it, like, especially when I was a teenager, it just wasn't a possibility in my mind. So I, it wasn't even in my frame of reference that the way somebody might be engaging with me was because they were interested in me, you know? Um, yeah. And I think in our society, that obviously looks a lot different than friendships. So with friendships, you know, immediately um, when you're younger, when you're a teenager, you know, you kind of get to know somebody and then they might be like, you know, let's go to the mall or whatever, right? Whereas in my context in Toronto, um, where like boys are kind of made to feel like you're the one who has to approach the, the young woman, they kind of would feel their way through it and like wade their way through and kind of gauge to see where you're at. And I guess where I was at was always never thinking about that person as somebody who might potentially be interested in me. So I didn't treat them that way. So there was always that like block. And I think that's how it's, that's how it's really affected friendships and dating. And I think more recently in my adulthood, it's harmed a lot of my friendships, a lot of my friendships. So mm -hmm. that they constantly need to prove or yeah, to you. I think more so um, my assumption that these people don't actually want to be in my life, you know, and like kind of running with that assumption um, and not doing anything with that assumption not the entirety of, you know, people change, you know, friends change, we all change. So it's just a natural course of life kind of thing, but not leaving any space for anything else because I didn't know any different. 
So yeah, I think that's that's really how it's showed up in my relationships. What about you? If that applies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, for for friendships, um, I just know that I was in friendships that it was hard for me to open up, just like you, to trust, to let anyone close because I just felt like people knowing me, they would reject me. That was the thing. If they really knew who I was, they wouldn't want to be my friend, you know. Oh gosh, me too. Yeah. 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 So I have to, like this need to protect my secrets, my past at all costs, mm. at arm's length. But I always needed so much support. So I would always let in one or two people. But that person would, <laughs> it would be too much for them. I wouldn't realize, of course. I would tell them all oh, my life and then how I feel. And then I often didn't feel good. So, um, but also, I also created relationships where it was toxic that, you know, I wouldn't say that the other person was toxic. No, I think I was also toxic in a way, but I wouldn't get out of them. I mean, I think it's all I knew of relationships. It, like I would get into them. Uh, the dynamic is uh, bad. It's competitive. It's, you know, it's not really um, nurturing. It's, you know, I, I feel I need to protect myself. I need to not share this. I need to not talk about this. I need to, and then, I still feel it's friendship and I'm there and every day I'm, in, I'm with this person. And then looking back now, I'm like, if somebody came to me today and say, I have a friend, we're competing for this. She's always saying things that make me feel I'm this or that. Um, I, I would say you have to get out of that relationship. <laughs> and you have to go out now and find someone with whom you get along and you feel comfortable. Don't stay. But I stayed in friendships like that for years because... I didn't know, maybe I didn't even know you could get out or like, and I was so ashamed to just say, Hey, I don't like this. I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't say anything. And then looking back, I'm like, this comes from very, very low self-esteem. If I had a sense of self, I would have been like, but I don't like that. I don't like the way you talk to me. I don't like these slight comments that make me, make people think I'm this or that, or, you know, or this competition for grades or whatever I was in some, and um, I think it came from it's it was yeah it's it's kind of like a trap I I created because you bring someone in you tell them all your secrets they're your support and then the relationship changes and then you stay hanging there you know in the in like a bit in that mind that oh at least they know me you know but you can get someone else who knows you I mean you see what I mean yeah. So that was how it worked for my friendships. Um, and then, But there were good people that I wouldn't let them into my life because like very stable people, I just felt like, oh. And of course, these relationships, that these toxic relationships were with people who had, who had a kind of also a trauma background like me. So kind of can, some kind of trauma bonding there. And the healthy people who could actually uh, be good for me. I was so scared of them. I'm like, no, they, they will not accept me. <laughs> they, they will not understand. Yeah. Then for, for relationships, uh, yeah. Trusting men, that was a big one. Like, yeah, I just felt like a man in my vicinity meant uh, like I was in, in danger. danger. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really big. Um, and uh, I had to, uh, like I thought I would marry the second guy I dated and then that 
and I would respect my tradition. That would be it, but it didn't work out like that. And yeah, and then I, I, I would go, like I didn't have any direction. I would go for men who didn't want me or reject people who really, really wanted me and who would have for me. So it went, it went on like that for years, like even in really like narcissistic um, relationships and stuff. And, um, and yeah, so when I <laughs> when I met uh, my now husband, oh, at first it was rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because like, I think first I did the mask, right? The charming social person said all the right things, make jokes, laughed. He was like, oh my God. He was like, he was like, wow, you're right up there. I met the best girl and stuff. And then after two weeks, and then all my insecurities and self just came like crashing. Like, you know, I every two weeks I would break up and things like that. It was really, really bad. Um, lots of jealousy. I would see someone in the streetcar and just think, oh, she looks so much balanced and she's so much more beautiful than me. You should be with her, you know? <laughs> Whatever. When I'm thinking back, I'm like, I'm gonna ask him, but why didn't you break up with me? I was so crazy. <laughs> you know? So when did you realize, Hawa, that you had low self-esteem and not high self-esteem? It was I think a slow realization. It was slow. I think it started with my worldly accomplishments and achievements. I wasn't like getting to where I thought I had to be as quickly as I needed to there was a lot of pressure around me to get there anytime something wouldn't go right it would really just like it would just bring me down for amounts of times that weren't healthy and unfortunately uh, there was only a couple of elders who really like positively reinforced and encouraged me through that and like really were patient so that kind of made it worse and that's kind of I think that's when I really started to feel incapable to use that word like that's when if somebody said how do you feel about yourself is probably when I would have said not great you know so like first year university when I was like failing all my classes after being not failing but like doing really badly after being used to being like top student and then things stabilized a bit and then again after university when I was trying to make all these life decisions that felt like they were falling apart um yeah and then from there onwards and then therapy I was lucky that I landed on an amazing first therapist who would ask me questions about myself and really try to get to know me. Um, what types of questions? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I think maybe one of the questions were a conversation I'm remembering is we were talking about like my relationships and friendships and she was just trying to get to know me and like how I felt about friends and dating and things like that. And we had that exact same conversation that what you're talking about about how like I don't like I feel like if people know me they won't like me you know I feel like if anybody really gets to know me you know they won't like who I am you know and then she would ask me like well who are you and I would just kind of be at a loss or she'd be like well um do you like you and I would just kind of be like well damn you know can't relax (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think yeah and that's really only been in the last like probably 12 months yeah I think um it was I was slowly realizing that things in my life were happening that were making my ability to see myself as worthy even though that was already kind of or the things that I that other people would praise me for weren't happening anymore you know 
So then all you're left with is kind of how you really feel about yourself. So that's kind of where it started for the first few years. And then conversations where my therapist was really trying to get to know me and like obviously to help me or to help me help myself. That's when I really realized like, damn, like you are insecure. You know, you have very low self-esteem, which feels embarrassing to say out loud. Yeah, right. Oh it's like, oh my gosh, nobody needs to know this, but it's true, you know, and I feel like it's probably true for a lot of people. So yeah yeah and actually you know the power of it goes away by just saying that i have low self-esteem because this is something i i went learned to hide you know in shame that i had so so uh, my self-esteem was so low but you know we can work on it that's the beauty of it it's not something it's supposed to stay like that forever and and there were times where i felt like i had higher self-esteem you know but um, it was all based on artificial things. You know, when I succeeded like this, I was skinny like this, and then I had hair like this, you know. But um, the beauty right now is that just learning to love yourself just as you are. As so I in the morning with my crazy hair, I'm still okay, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. It's freeing. Yeah, it really, really is. It really is. And I think that um, in my case, once... I realized that, you know, it's a process, of course, it's a journey. But once um, I realized that, then it, it became easier to assess relationships and connections I had with people who um, were actually reinforcing my low self-esteem. Because it might not be through what is said, but by what is not said, you know? And then you kind of can, well, I learned to like, I'm learning to reconfigure boundaries around those relationships because it's not really making things any better, you know? Um, so yeah, but I don't think that I would have been able to do that had I not come to those realizations with help. Yeah. 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 So now we can really work on building a backup kind of what wasn't there in the first place. So, mm -hmm. and also it's important to do this work because of self-sabotage, right? How we sabotage ourselves <laughs> because of low self-esteem when we think that we, we have this um, idea that this is how it is for me. And then we go to lens to make it happen the way we believe in our head. You know, yeah, to say, uh, you see, I told you, no one can like me when they get close to me. Mm -hmm. Purposely chose someone who didn't, who was not emotionally available, who was yeah. not open to liking you, yep. or liking people. So yeah, it will confirm what, yes. you know, what, yeah. Mm -hmm. if you do that work maybe you meet different kinds of people and people who really like you just yeah, and yeah. exactly and like be able to open yourself up to them or even like um like putting your all into something whether that's a friendship or um a project or you know a piece of writing or whatever or like half-assing it or like not putting in all the effort which works great often for many for many of us when we're younger but when you're an adult you know that self-sabotage what you're doing is not honoring things that like bring you joy you know so yeah yeah, yeah. even at work you you get exploited at work with low self-esteem mm -hmm. because i i didn't feel like i could do good work you know i was telling you the other day that i was even in my first job i was even feeling bad that i was paid i was like, i don't do anything i don't they pay me a salary okay i was doing what i was supposed to do but for me, it was not enough for me to receive a salary. 
whereas there were people who were earning maybe two or three times more and doing even less than I was doing. But from the from yeah, from my low self-esteem coming from the way I was structured, um, I was just like beating myself up. And then sometimes you meet those bosses, kind of manipulative, who sense immediately you have low self-esteem, who give you loads of work, knowing that you have no boundaries and you will not say no. And then you end up sending emails at one o'clock in the one a.m. in the night, you know, and then you don't say no, this is not part of my you know, my work or whatever, you know, you just take on, yeah, yeah. I, I used to be so scared to say no or say yes to everything. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. You know, that's low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. The realization that other people don't think like us and other people are in healthy settings where their sense of self is reinforced and nurtured and encouraged. Those two realizations for me. Yeah. Till today feel kind of, uh untrue it's almost like when i was younger and like because my parents growing up have always been divorced since i was very young so i almost compare it to the first time i saw like um adults showing affection to each other i was like what is this like adults that i was close with you know it was like this this is weird this feels fake there must be something happening here that i'm not seeing you know what do you mean um you must be masking just like I do when people have like high sense of selves or like very sharply know themselves. You know, I always, I would always assume that that could, that couldn't be true. You know, I would always assume there is no way, there is no way you like yourself. And it's wild that this memory is coming back to me now, but I remember when I was younger, this is like an aesthetic thing, but like having very, very kinky hair in my community seen as the ugliest thing you can have, you know, super super ugly especially 4c hair like oh, okay if it's like you know it's kinky but you know if you put gel on it it will curl or whatever right that's like better but then there's like the ugliest hair you can have and that was like what i was told i had so i never thought that other people could see themselves as beautiful because i didn't i didn't i didn't think it was possible so i think that that's how i kind of received watching people with like um with very very high sense of like self-worth or people who were in spaces where that self-worth was nurtured or encouraged, it felt fake. It felt impossible. You know, it's just not something that had ever been in my line of vision before, you know? And then once I started to believe it, it was like for other people, you know, that's for other people, you know, you can like your hair because it's not nappy. You can like yourself because there are things to like about you. You know, you can form relationships because you're normal or whatever. Right. But that's not for me. So once I started to believe it, then that's what I did to myself, I think. Um, uh, so yeah. you, you belong to another club, a different club. Than it, other it, club. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The clubs. Yeah, exactly. I was part of a group. I wasn't part of like the normal group. Yeah. In the recent years that I, with the realization that uh, I went through childhood trauma, that I realized that other people don't think, they don't see the world like me. They don't carry so much shame. They don't try to hide parts of themselves that I think are bad, you know, kind of. So it's really like mind blowing. And then it makes me understand why I was like, but why is everyone progressing in their jobs and I'm not progressing? But why? What am I doing wrong? I have the same fancy degrees. Well why why is it not happening? But 
yeah, it comes from uh, from all of that. So, but thank you, Hawa. Any, yeah, self-esteem. Work, work on your self-esteem. I don't know, read on it. Um, do some tests. Um, see a therapist. You don't have really to. Really honor about. your feelings, right? Like honor, even if, I think for, for me, the big question was, where do I start? Like, how do I do this? I don't know what to do. You know, and my therapist would kind of always be like, you just have to start. And I'd be like, start what? But it's really, really about honoring those feelings start gentle and really like see that accept that that's how you're feeling i think that's really the first step just kind of accepting it and then from there really taking baby steps to uh find ways to challenge that whether that's pushing back when other people say certain things to you if that's the source of your low self-esteem or pushing back when you say things to yourself and at first it feels so fake it's like oh my gosh this is ridiculous but take it from somebody who started at negative zero and who's at like a three or four now i think that's, that's how you start yeah that's how you start yeah, yeah. yeah. i also learned like uh, my uh, my eldest daughter i don't know what i was telling her she did she's like she said yeah mama that's me you know what i was like wow this is you know it that's her period that's, you know that's it. and that's what it is Absolutely. yeah and even so, when I'm talking to myself sometimes, I'm saying, yeah, where, Mimi? That's me. That's it, you know? I will not uh, beat myself up for hours. I'm like, wow, you know? And she, I'm like, kids, you just need to learn yeah. from them. I swear. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much wisdom. So much, it's such a cliche, yeah. but it's so true. Yeah. Hawa, yeah. oh, thank you so much for this discussion. Thank you, Miriam. I always learn so much from you. Thank you so uh, much. No, I also learned a lot from you. And uh, yeah, we come to realizations like, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Miriam. Bye.